Welcome to Investigate Joe Rogan, the podcast where I fact check and investigate things said on the Joe Rogan experience. Today I will be looking at episode 1519 with Mike Baker, who I believe has been on a few times before as well. He and Rogan said a few things that were wrong in this episode, the first of which was Rogan says that bandanas are the best anti-coronavirus face covering. And this is not true. They are actually the worst. At least, that's according to an article titled Visualizing the Effectiveness of Face Masks in Obstructing Respiratory Jets, published in the journal Physics of Fluids a journal which surely is enjoying an unprecedented amount of attention. These scientists say that wearing a proper face mask is superior to wearing a bandana, because bandanas are sort of open at the bottom. So while Rogan is right in that you will look like a cool cowboy, you do so at what cost? The better thing to do if your goal is to look like a cowboy is to carry a gun in public. I recommend doing this, regardless of what your country or state's laws are on open carrying firearms. If you are arrested, um, just tell them about this podcast, and they'll, they'll understand. They also talk about Portland, and Mike Baker says that the Portland riots are partially funded by shadowy national groups of some kind. He doesn't say what exactly. There is no evidence for this, and it sort of raises a lot of questions. Like, what do they need funds for? They're just, you know, standing around and then sometimes lighting things on fire. You can do those things for free, basically. Lighters are very inexpensive. And then who exactly is funding them? Who benefits from this? Why would someone fund them? Where is the evidence for this? Does he know something that we don't because he's ex-CIA? Is it that hard to believe that a bunch of people are mad and want to burn things without having to result to some sort of a conspiracy? In my opinion, you really only need to jump to some sort of conspiracy when it's hard to believe that something would just happen on its own. So when you see something like the JFK assassination, where there's a lot of suspicious elements you can think, well, maybe there's a bigger picture here. But is there really anything that suspicious about a bunch of liberals uh, protesting and burning things? I just think the most obvious explanation is that they're just angry. There's There's no real need to bring a shadowy group into this, in my opinion at least. Anyway, he doesn't really bring up any sort of evidence, so I guess it's not worth getting into too much. He also says that Nancy Pelosi's response to Antifa burning Bibles was just to say, oh, well, they'll do whatever they want. In reality, I don't even know what this is referring to. She has not made any comments on this at all that I can find. This just sounds like something an AI created by Fox News to generate article titles would say. It's not actually referenced to anything that really happened. (laughs) Now, I was kind of hoping that they would just talk about spooky CIA stuff the entire time, but they do 
talk about politics for like half the time. And they both say that there's no evidence that Trump won't leave office if he loses, and that this is all just liberal hysterics. However, I do not think this is true. I think that the following exchange between Chris Wallace and Donald Trump on Fox News Sunday counts as evidence, and I will just read it in its entirety so that you can get all of the context and nothing is left out. Wallace. There is a tradition in this country, in fact, one of the prides of this country, is the peaceful transition of power and that no matter how hard fought a campaign is, that at the end of the campaign that the loser concedes to the winner. Not saying that you're necessarily going to be the loser or the winner, but that the loser concedes to the winner and that the country comes together in part for the good of the country. Are you saying that you're not prepared now to commit to that principle? Trump. What I'm saying is that I will tell you at the time. I'll keep you in suspense, okay? And you know what? She's the one that never accepted it. Wallace. I agree. Trump. She never accepted her loss, and she looks like a fool. Wallace. But can you give a, can you give a direct answer that you will accept the election? Trump. I have to see. Look, you, I have to see. No, I'm not going to just say yes. I'm not going to say no, and I didn't last time either. Now that is word for word what the interviewer said and what Trump said in response. He said, I have to see. No, I'm not going to just say yes. I'm not going to say no, and I didn't last time either. In my opinion, this counts as evidence. At the very least, you cannot say that this is just nothing, or he misspoke or something. But I will let you draw your own conclusions. I will just say that I doubt Rogan or CIA have even heard this interview. And I say this because they don't even bring it up, despite its obvious relevance. And because based on the comments Rogan goes on to make about the news, I don't think Rogan reads or watches the news. After this, they get into what has become another big Rogan talking point that comes up in many episodes. And that is that Rogan says there's no objective news anymore. And he says the only people he really trusts to use for news are Kyle Kalinske, Jimmy Dore, and Crystal Ball and Sager. These are his news sources. So let's, let's talk about these three things. Kyle Kalinske is not a source of news. He is the host of Secular Talk, which is a political commentary YouTube channel. He is also very liberal and biased and not some sort of bland fact relayer. Jimmy Dore is also a very liberal YouTube commentator not a source of news. Both of these guys are connected to the Young Turks, uh, which is not known for being a objective, uh, critical source of journalism, although Jimmy Dore has since left the Young Turks YouTube network. So Rogan, you know, he's always talking about how it's so sad that there's no objective news. But this is where he, this is where he gets his news. It's just these guys. This isn't even news.
Now, Crystal Ball and Sagar do seem all right. However, I'm basing this on my listening to their episode of JRE, not that much of their actual content. But again, they are not a news outlet. They are political commentators. All four of these people are political commentators. If these people are news, then I basically count as being the news. I, I deserve a Pulitzer. Now, I think this is actually indicative of a larger problem. This is, I don't think this is some sort of Rogan-specific weirdo thing, like you know, sleeping in a flotation tank. I think a lot of people like Rogan essentially only listen or read op-ed pieces, and they do not read the actual news for themselves. So I think it's sort of weird that Rogan, you know, he despairs the apparent death of news. And then these are his examples, people who aren't even journalists. The reality is that there are sources of news besides Fox, CNN, and, you know, liberals on YouTube. I recommend the website MediaBiasFactCheck.com, which analyzes news outlets and places them on a spectrum where on one side you have extreme left bias, and on the other extreme right bias. They also rank their factualness from very high to very low. And if you're worried about the website itself being biased, you can just check it out by looking at the other side from you. So if you hate CNN, you can look up CNN and you'll see that Media Bias Fact Check says it has a left bias, and their factual reporting levels are mixed. And if you hate Fox News, you can go on Media Bias Fact Check and see that it says the same thing for Fox. They have a right bias, and they have mixed levels of factual reporting. Personally, I like Associated Press, Reuters, and The Economist. I have found that they tend to be unbiased, and they pretty rarely get facts wrong, if ever. They also, for the most part, avoid misleading headlines and clickbaity headlines. Just saying, oh, there's no good news anymore, does not help anyone. <laughs> it's not true. It's not productive. Uh, he clearly just doesn't know about any of these things. Also, after this, Rogan says that he's a fiscal conservative and a social liberal, and that this makes him, quote, a man without an island. And all I can say to that is former JRE guest Gary Johnson must be rolling in his grave at these words. And yes, I, I do know that Gary Johnson is not technically dead. Now, just when I thought I was done with Alem House because I have finished my two episodes on George Knapp. They're back in this episode in a big way. Because Rogan says the Pentagon came out and said they had craft not from this world. Now, to the credit of Mike Baker, Mike Baker does not believe this, and he says there's no way the, the government could keep something like this a secret for that long. And the reality is that, no, the Pentagon did not come out and say this. Two people said this. Harry Reid said this, and so did a scientist named Eric Davis. And Harry Reid actually took it back after realizing that saying this kind of made him sound like a dumbass. So he has since tweeted, quote, 
I have no knowledge, and I have never suggested the federal government or any entity has unidentified flying objects or debris from other worlds. I have consistently said we must stick to science, not fairy tales about little green men. So what about this Eric Davis person? I mean, he's a scientist. That's better than Harry Reid, right? Well, not really. Uh, Eric Davis is not someone who works for the Pentagon. He is a scientist at EarthTech, formerly the Institute for Advanced Studies. And this company is basically just him and Harold Putoff. And if you listened to my episode on Tom DeLonge, you will know who Harold Putoff is. Harold Putoff is someone who works with Tom DeLonge and whose whole career is essentially getting tricked by magicians and sleight-of-hand artists. He's researched all sorts of teleportation and psychic powers, all of which turned out to simply be performers tricking him. This guy and Putoff have published all sorts of wacky articles about, like, stars being conscious and teleportation being real. (laughs) So... When this guy says, yeah, the Pentagon has UFOs, he is not saying this because he has some sort of insider knowledge. He's saying this because he's a hack fraud. Ultimately, what does this mean? Well, this means that this is all Tom DeLonge's fault. Tom DeLonge is the cause of all of this controversy. Now, the last thing I'll mention is that Rogan, towards the end, advocates just having voting be online, and wonders why this isn't a thing. The reason, of course, that this is not a thing is hacking. This is pretty obvious. But then again, unlike Rogan, I am an expert on hacking, because I have seen the movie Hackers and the movie Swordfish, so I'm very well-versed in the topic. Now, that is all I have to say about episode 1519. I think it was a pretty good one. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next episode. But not really, because I cannot actually physically see any of you.